Good morning to those of you watching online, whether it be locally, globally, wherever you're joining us from this morning. Good morning. Um, we kick off a brand new series here this morning at Connect that's going to take us all the way up to Christmas. This is going to be our Christmas series. And this year, we've titled this series, A Simple Christmas. A Simple Christmas. And really, I think the reason for that is because some of us probably at this point are realizing that uh, this year, Christmas may actually look a little bit different uh, than years before. Maybe for you and your family, Christmas has always been a, a large, grand scale event. It, it started on the early hours of Black Friday morning when you woke everyone up and you head to the stores and you battle the crowds to get the best bargains possible. That's the official kickoff for you for Christmas. And then uh, in the weeks that follow that, you're at Christmas parties, Christmas gatherings, pageants. Maybe there's a preschool um, Christmas sing-along that you're going to go and watch. You know, all these different events. And then it takes you up to Christmas itself. Christmas Eve is a time for family to gather together and celebrate. Many people gather together on Christmas Day and celebrate. If you're English like me, we celebrate on Boxing Day as well, because two days aren't enough. We want three days of celebrating. So um, all these different events, maybe for you, are what a typical Christmas looks like. But this year, because of the coronavirus, we realize that things may look a little bit different. For us this year, uh, Christmas may seem uh, and may become a little bit simpler, a little bit smaller. And that's going to be tough for some of us, isn't it? Because uh, we like to think of things that the bigger they are, the better they are. So we don't want it to be simpler. We don't want it to be smaller because big is best, right? I mean, after all, if you had to have a slice of cake and these were your two options, uh, I know which slice I'd go for, okay? Bigger is better. How about if you were uh, uh, going to watch a fight and you were trying to figure out which of the two fighters stood more chance of winning, okay? Uh, my guess is that the, uh, the money will be on the bigger of the two fighters. Maybe you remember when we used to travel around the country and around the world and we used to fly on airplanes. That was cool, wasn't it? Uh, there were some people who would spend a lot of money to fly in first class instead of economy, because bigger is better. The seats you get in first class are a lot bigger and a lot better than being squashed up back in economy. There's this kind of psychological idea, isn't there, that we tend to think big's better, big is more powerful, it's the best, and, and conversely, smaller is inferior. Small is less effective. Small can't do much. But is that true? You see, I don't think that's completely true because actually sometimes small can be very powerful. Small can do a lot. I mean, think about it. If one of these guys ever shows up in your house, okay, he may be a tiny little critter, but if he brings hundreds of his termite friends with him, you've got a big problem on your hands, a big problem caused by a very small insect. Termites will do a ton of damage to houses. Big problem, big bill as a result. Maybe you've been walking through your kid's bedroom with just your socks on or barefoot and you found one of these. Just a tiny little Lego block. Very small, 
can do some big damage to your foot. You'll feel it when you step on that thing. Did you know that you can actually go to Menards today and you can buy diamond-tipped drill bits? Diamond-tipped drill bits. They're like ordinary drill bits, but on the end, they've got tiny little bits of diamonds. Why, you ask? Well, because diamonds are the toughest thing you can think of. So when you have a diamond-tipped drill bit, it will drill through things that no other drill bit could drill through. That tiny little bit of dust and just tiny little bit of diamonds can be incredibly powerful and tough. Little side note for all you husbands out there, if your wife's been dropping some hints leading up to Christmas, suggesting she might want some diamonds this Christian this Christmas, great present right there. You can get her some diamond-tipped drill bits. It's, it's a win-win. She gets the diamonds, you get another tool for your toolbox. Everyone's happy. So a uh, little tip there for you this Sunday morning. So it turns out, doesn't it, the, the small things can be actually impactful. Small things can make a difference. And maybe this Christmas, one of the things that we will learn as followers of Jesus in the midst of this pandemic is that God is able to take small things and do big things with them. What if it took this pandemic that we're in for God to teach us this lesson, this Christmas, this simplified, smaller Christmas, that he wants to do big things with small things? I mean, think about it. We're all very familiar with the story of the Christmas story. We read about it every year in the Bible. But right at the very heart of this story is the, the truth that God took something very small and did something very big with it. Luke is one of the, uh, the four guys who wrote about the life of Jesus. And he gives us a very detailed account of the events leading up to the birth of Jesus. You'll be familiar with this short passage I'm going to read. You've heard it dozens of times before. It's Luke chapter 2. Verse 8 says, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven. Peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. You've got this group of shepherds sat on a hillside one night, minding their own business, and suddenly the angel of the Lord, the armies of angels show up, the sky lights up. This is a huge announcement that they are making, a massive announcement. If you were fortunate like me to have grown up going to the cinema in the late 80s, early 90s, you, like me, will remember how it felt when you were there and uh, watching Rocky IV, and James Brown appeared singing Living in America 
It was right before Apollo Creed was going to fight his fight. And if you remember the scene, you'll, and if you were lucky enough to be sat in a cinema watching it, just the atmosphere when down comes Apollo, he's dancing, he's ready for the fight. There's, there's lights flashing, there's people dancing and singing. James Brown singing Living America. I mean, this is a big deal. This is a big announcement for what's going to be a big fight between Apollo and this Russian, Ivan Drago. I won't spoil the movie, but unfortunately the, uh, the announcement was somewhat undercut by the fight itself. But when I saw that movie, I was like, this is a big deal. This kind of announcement is the kind of announcement you'd expect for the kind of fight that we're about to see. But even the great James Brown pales in comparison to the armies of heaven praising God. Listen to what they said in their announcement. The Saviour, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. So you'd think, wouldn't you, with this kind of dramatic presentation by these angels, that the shepherds were in for a sight far greater than we saw in the the Rocky movie. But listen to what the angels were announcing. This, This huge dramatic announcement was for what? Verse 12, you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. A baby? Seriously? All that noise, those bright lights in the sky, the shepherds were terrified. And for what? The announcement that there's a baby coming? That just doesn't seem to live up to the hype of the announcements. I think we're so used to hearing this story about the shepherds and the angels that we never imagined what it was like to be them and to hear this news, to hear this great announcement and to be told you're going to get to see a baby. I wonder if the shepherds, when they heard this announcement because it was so big and these angels were singing that they thought, well, it is going to be a pretty amazing baby. I mean, when we get there, this is going to be the most amazing baby we've ever seen. I'm, I expect this to be some kind of super baby. I, I'm, I'm imagining some lights shining forth from where this baby is sleeping because that kind of announcement, this better be an incre- the, the most incredible baby we've ever seen. And Luke chapter 2, verse 16 tells us of how amazing that moment was when they met this incredible baby. They hurried to the village and they found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. So that's it. They hurried to this village. The angels have made this announcement. They can't wait to see what they've been told about. And when they get there, it's just a baby. Now, I have to be honest with you this morning, okay? Um, I'm not great with babies, okay? I can get a little awkward when I'm around babies. I, uh, I remember years ago when I was at that stage of life where my friends were all getting married and having babies and we'd inevitably get an invite to go to the hospital or go to a friend's house and, and see their, their new baby. And, and Casey, my wife, she loves babies. She knows how to hold babies. I get scared every time I see her with a baby because it was like, I want more babies. And I was like, okay, put the baby back. Uh, and at some point, my friends would say, Dave, do you want to hold the baby? I'm like, eh, I think I'll be fine if I did. And they're like, come on, hold the baby. I was like, oh, yeah. 
and this is before I had children of my own, so I just wasn't really sure. I mean, there was this whole thing of supporting its head, and you had to hold it a certain way, and I just never felt comfortable holding babies. And I felt even more uncomfortable at the, the handoff, you know, whether it was Casey or them passing me the baby. I was just always really worried that it was going to end up under my arm or something, you know, in all the wrong position. And inevitably, as soon as it got into my arms is when it started crying. It hadn't cried at all. And then I'm holding the baby, cries its eyes out. Um, there were three babies that I did enjoy holding, okay? Three babies that I didn't mind holding. Uh, that was my three children, Ben, Will, and Emma. I loved them as babies. I loved holding them. But I loved them so much that sometimes I even changed their diapers. I mean, that's how much I loved these babies. But um, the truth is, whether it was my baby or someone else's baby, anytime I looked at these babies, if I'm honest, it just, it was a baby. There's just not a lot these babies can do. Now, they're lovely. I know some of you mums and grandmas out there are like, Dave, seriously, babies are amazing. I know they're amazing. They're lovely. They're cuddly. But at the end of the day, they're kind of small and they're just babies. Small, helpless. And I wonder if at any point those shepherds were looking into the manger with the sound of the angelic chorus still ringing in their ears, the light from the sky still, their eyes adjusting to it. And they're looking now at this baby thinking, really? That's it? That's the Saviour? That's the Messiah lying there in that manger? But I think at the heart of the Christmas story, it's God's way of reminding us that God is able to take small things and do big things with them. That baby lying in that manger was, was a visual representation of the fact that God takes small things and does big, powerful things with them. This baby grew up to be an incredible man whose teaching and whose miracles changed the world in which he lived who subjects he taught upon are still being spoken by us 2,000 years later. If that's all Jesus ever did, that would make for an incredible story that this small baby grew up to be a man that 2,000 years later people are still talking about. But that wasn't all that he did. The moment that baby was born, he began a journey to complete the mission in his life and that was to one day die on a cross to rise again three days later, so that you and I could have a, a relationship with God that was broken, restored. There's nothing, we could, we could never be good enough to restore that relationship with a perfect God. So he had to send his son as a baby to be born, to live, to die, to rise again so that we could have a relationship with God. God took something small, that baby, and changed the world and changed our lives. And here's what's super cool is that God is still taking small things and using them to accomplish big things. Last Sunday, if you were here, if you were watching online, uh, we, we did something called Give 2020. We've been leading up to it for a few weeks. And the goal was we were asking folks here at Connect Church to give just $20.20. And we were going to collect all of that money. And we were going to divide it amongst four wonderful organizations. Now, the concept, when you heard about it, may have seemed pretty strange. Just give $20.20. That seems pretty small and insignificant. But what we've come to learn 
is that God loves to take small things and do big things with them. God likes to take small gifts of just $20 and 20 cents and line them up alongside everyone else who gave and, and do big things with them. And because you uh, were just amazing last week, because of your generosity last Sunday, all those gifts that came in, when they were all totaled up, came to a grand total of $18,000. <laughs> Which honestly blew me away. I mean, I was like kind of hoping, praying, man, if we could get like, 14, maybe even $15,000, that would be huge. So $18,000 was an incredible donation. That meant that four organizations this week received a check for $4,500 each. One of them was Compassion in Ecuador and some churches that we're partnered with over there. So we'll bring news from those churches in the new year when they're able to process those funds and let us know how they were applied within their context. But three of the organizations were right here locally. So I got to visit them this week and get to take a big check and play Santa Claus and give them their gift on your behalf. So check out this video. Well, Connect Church, here I am at Crittenden Centres. So I'm here at Heartline and Heart House. Connect Church, thank you so much for your generosity. Thanks to you, we raised enough money to present to each one of these four organisations a cheque for $4,000 each. That is awesome. That is awesome. Yes. Thank you so much. You're Thank you, thank you. Yeah. We appreciate all that the folks out at Connected Church did for us in doing this. And this will go a long ways to helping out with diapers and formula and just kind of plugging some of the holes that some of our other funders don't do. Man, I know it's not the time and age for hugging. Thank you so much, man. Yeah, bless you. That is awesome, man. That's a God-given blessing right there, brother. There you go. Wow. We're so glad we could partner with you guys. Wow, thank you so much. Good job, Connect Church. Marcellus there, who runs the Friendship House in Peoria, he was a basketball player at Bradley. He played basketball in Europe. And I actually didn't realize until I saw the video. I mean, he's tall in real life, but when I saw the video, I was like, man, he's really big. He's a lot, <laughs> a lot bigger than me. So, um, you know, all of these organizations were organizations for whom 2020 had been a challenging year. They'd had to cancel fundraisers because of COVID-related stuff. And some of them relied on those fundraisers. They literally were their funds for the year. And, uh, so thanks to your generosity, uh, we've really helped kind of turn 2020 around for them. And the coolest thing for me anyway about this story is that we did have three or four um, individuals or families, incredibly generous people here at Connect who did give larger checks for $1,000 or more. But over eleven dollars or $12,000, the, the big balance of the amount came from donations of 2020 or 4040 or 8080 small donations. And what that said to me was that hundreds of you, hundreds of families, hundreds of individuals, families that connect, all played a part. We, we saw God do something um, big and impactful with something small, because that's who God is. Do you know what else was really cool? And this is completely off topic, but as I was thinking and praying about this message today, I suddenly realised, you know, right now, 
the world in which we live is pretty divided, okay? It's been a rough year. There's a lot of division and we're fighting hard to try and keep that outside of the walls of the church. We don't want that creeping in, but there's been a lot of division politically, racially, economically, socially. Uh, COVID has brought even more division in over masks, no masks, lockdown, no lockdown, vaccine, no vaccine. There's just all this strife and disunity, And what we as a church have decided is that rather than try and fight the disunity, we'll just find what we're united in and we'll build that. We'll make sure that what unites us will always be more powerful than what divides us. One of the things that unites us as Connect Church is at the very heart of our DNA is we believe God has called us to connect our community to Christ. That means doing something that impacts people outside of the walls of this church. So to me, when I saw the hundreds of donations that came in over the last week for this Give 2020, it showed me that there are hundreds of you here watching online who are committed in unity to making a difference. There may be things that we're divided on, but there's far more that we're united on. So that was just a huge win that came out of that. So this small baby, this small baby, as we know, grew up to become a man, a very powerful man. And listen to what he said one day when he was teaching. Matthew talks about it. He says, I tell you the truth, this is Jesus speaking, if you had faith even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would move. Nothing would be impossible. You see, Jesus is talking figuratively here about the mountains in our life, the obstacles, the the things that come in our way. And he said, it might seem like a mountain to you, but if you had faith, even faith as small as a mustard seed, his audience in that day would have known exactly what that looked like. These were people of agriculture. They knew that the mustard seed was one of the smallest seeds you could get. And he said, if you, even if your faith was only as small as a mustard seed, it would still be big enough to move the mountains that are in your life. Because Jesus was reminding his audience back then and us today that God can take small things and do big things with them. Even mustard seed sized faith this morning, God can take and do big things with. Maybe you're here this morning, here in person, watching online, and you're still kind of unsure what you believe about Jesus, searching your faith. Maybe you've got a lot of questions that still haven't been answered. That's the case for many of us here who are now followers of Jesus. And it wasn't that one day all of our questions were answered. It was that one day all of us just had enough faith, just just enough mustard seed faith to say, I believe, Jesus, that you are who you say you are, that you are the Son of God, that you came to earth, that you died, that you rose again. And, And that is just the tiniest bit of faith, but it's enough faith for me to take that step towards you. And that's all it took. Just tiny mustard seed faith because God can take small things and he can turn your life around. He can do big things with them. You know, the shepherds got it. They understood the power of even the tiniest piece of faith. In verse 17, it says, After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. The shepherds went back to the flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. 
despite the fact that all the angels had seen was a very tiny, ordinary-looking baby. Because of the message the angels had shared, what those shepherds saw, their faith was strong enough to believe that this baby will grow up to do incredible things. They told everyone they saw, this is an exciting day. This baby that's been born will change history. That was the kind of faith they had. So this year, this year, this may be a little bit more simple Christmas for you and your family than normal. But don't be deceived this morning to thinking that means it will be any less of a Christmas. This actually could be one of your greatest Christmases ever. Because it could be that this year, this Christmas, in the simplicity of things, in the scaled back, in, in the smallness of this Christmas, you may discover that God can take the smallest of things and do big things with them. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much, Lord, that you showed, God, that this small, tiny baby changed the world. That you can take small things and do big things with them that you're still doing that, Lord, that you're still taking just the smallest amount of faith in our lives and, and moving big mountains as a result. Help us, Lord, not to be um, thrown off in thinking that bigger is better and just knowing, Lord, that sometimes you love to take the small because then miraculously you can produce the big from it. So Father, I pray we would see those small things in our life, this Christmas especially, and see how you can take those small things and just do incredibly great big things with them. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.